Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I have the privilege this morning of sharing just a one-off message called Switched On. Switched On. See, recently... I got to have holidays. Thank you so much for allowing me and my family to go away on holidays. Had a great time. Got away and did some camping by myself. Family down the Great Ocean Road for about a week was was great, just chilling out and spending time. We got to go to Cardinia Church, which is Rick and Leone Wright's church over in Geelong. And uh, it was just, just a great time. And I had that really, really good break, so much so that I was really actually looking forward to coming back to work. Now, I know for some people, you don't enjoy your job so much, and so maybe that's a bit foreign. But for me, I was really looking forward to coming back to work. I felt energised, I'd had a good break, I was ready to go. And then, (laughs) the day before I was to come back to work, At 5 p.m. in the afternoon, I received a text message. And the message says, Hi. Hi. We will be undertaking planned maintenance that will interrupt power to Maxwell Road, Paraka, between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Sunday, the 29th of July. Let me tell you, that feeling of being relaxed having a great break, all of a sudden was leaking away really, really quickly. I mean, are you kidding me? On a Sunday. But beyond that, by text message at 5 p.m., when I can't call anyone, I can't do anything about it, they say there's nothing like good service, and they're right. This is nothing like good service. At 5 p.m., We're stuck. Great. So the next day, I called SA Power Networks and called, and they confirmed, yes, guess what? Power's going off. Great. Thanks for that. So the last time you did that, you supplied a generator for us. Will you do that again? We'll get back to you in 24 hours. No, this is Tuesday. I need this running by Sunday. We don't have time. So, contingency plan. Called one of the electricians in our church, said, hey, here's the issue. SA Power Networks may come back and they may say, yeah, we'll supply a generator. And in which case, everything we're about to talk about won't matter. However, if they won't supply a generator, how can we have power in our building for Sunday. And so we put this contingency plan in place, had it all sorted, ready to go. SA Power Networks calls back and, uh, so, so are you supplying a generator? Yeah, nah. <laughs> there is a problem and it's all yours. Thank you very much. So back on the phone to our electrician, we need our contingency plan in place. And so that's exactly what we did. Really thankful for Carl Beer and his company that came and 
got the generator all sorted for us, supplied the expertise needed to hook everything up, and we ran a Sunday off of a generator. Now, I get SA Power Network's logic. The outage is going to affect about 40 customers in an industrial area on a Sunday. I get their logic. However, when I said to them, but you don't understand, this one customer is going to have an effect on 1,300 people, the tone of the conversation changed. Ooh, didn't realise that. Well, that's okay. Can you do something about it? Yeah, nah. The one thing that I really learned throughout this whole entire process, don't neglect your power source. You see, the funny thing is, is that we always have this expectation that the power is going to be on. Why do we have this expectation? Because we pay for it. And we pay a lot for it. And so we expect delivery. You see, we think that we have a right to have power on. And we become entitled that the power will always be there. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, we live in South Australia. Now, South Australia is not exactly known for having a stable power supply anyway. <laughs> Over summer, we are going to hear those dreaded words, load shedding, where some parts of the power network get turned off so that other people can have power. And let's face it, when that happens, when it's load shedding, provided it's not our area being turned off, we're cool with that. <laughs> they can turn off someone else's area as long as it doesn't affect mine. And because we have this expectation and this entitlement, we're entitled to have our electricity, we take our electricity for granted. We expect that it's always just going to be there. But we often do the same thing in our relationships. When we expect things of other people, and when we think we're entitled to things from other people, we take them for granted. And we can actually do the same thing with God. You see, I've been a Christian a long time. And so that means that I've seen people come to Christ for the first time. And it's amazing. It's like the switch has been flipped. The eyes are wide. It's like, oh, wow, isn't God amazing? Isn't he phenomenal? He took me from where I was and he saved me. He is so, so good. God, you are so good. I will do anything. I will go anywhere. Send me wherever you want. Use me, God. God. And yet, over time, that entitlement mentality, that expectation can creep in. And that initial gratitude gets lost somewhere along the way. And we move from being, God, I will do anything for you, to God, can't you see everything I'm doing? Bless me. God. I feel so used. What's happened? We've lost our power source. 
You see, we've moved from being nothing is too hard to having everything being too hard. We move from being red hot for Jesus to being lukewarm at best. And we lose sight of our power source. Who wants some more power in your life? You see, Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The actual context for this passage, these are the very last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples and to his followers. The very next verse, Acts 1.9, says, After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. Jesus was addressing his disciples and his followers, people who had been with Jesus for three years. They'd seen the miracles that he'd performed. They'd sat under his leadership teaching. In actual fact, in Matthew 10, Jesus had actually sent them out two by two to the countryside where they could perform the same miracles. They had seen it. They had heard it. They had done it. And yet Jesus still says to them, don't go anywhere until the Holy Spirit comes. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, you will have the power to do what you're being called to do. And I think we fall into the same trap. We've heard it. We've seen it. We sit under the teaching of it. And we think we can then go and do it. And we can, provided we have the Holy Spirit with us and the power that he brings into our lives. And so today, we're going to look at four things that will help us stay switched on and not neglect our power source. The first thing that I see is that we need to replace our power source. Now, we're actually used to replacing power sources and often at the most inconvenient of times. I don't know why it's two o'clock in the morning, but it is always two o'clock in the morning. You're fast asleep. And then there's this beep. Just enough to wake you up. What was that? You listen, nothing. So you try and go back to sleep, and five minutes later, You're still groggy, you're still hazy, you're st- oh, what's going on? Beep. I know what it is now. It's the smoke alarm. I'm not getting out of bed to replace the battery in the smoke alarm. So you wrap your pillow around your head, you try and ignore it. For those who are married, maybe it's that gentle nudge. And every five minutes, beep, until it drives you mad. You've got to get up. You've got to replace the power source before it drives you nuts. We had to do the same thing with the generator. We got a generator in. 
but the generator couldn't be running at the same time that our mains power was running. We needed to replace one for the other. It's the same for us. You see, the entry point for having the power that the Holy Spirit brings is a relationship with Jesus. In Ephesians 3.16, it says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. One of the great promises of Scripture is that when we start a relationship with Jesus, that the Holy Spirit actually comes and lives in us. Now, to me, that's amazing. Because if you stop and think about it, the very same power source that spoke the words, spoke creation into being, now lives in me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. The same power that performed all the miracles that we see in Scripture and every one that's happened since is alive in me. This amazing, unlimited power is available and living in us through the access of having a relationship with Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. How do we get this power? We replace the power source we have with the Holy Spirit. And we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. You know, this can happen in a moment. And it can last forever. We ask Jesus to come into our lives, to forgive us of our sins. We ask the Holy Spirit to come and change us through his power working in us. If we want the power that scripture says is available, then we need to replace the power source we have with the Holy Spirit himself. The second thing, that I see is that we need to renew. Now, the dictionary defines renew as to begin again or to restore to a former state. When the generator came in, when we got off of mains power, when we started the generator up, the power was available as soon as the generator was there. But we actually had to renew. We had to go around the building and we had to turn every piece of electrical equipment back on again. We needed to return it to its former state. All the computers needed rebooting, the coffee machines needed turning back on, our sound equipment, lighting, all needed to be renewed. And it's the same with us. You see, whilst it's true that when we accept Jesus, we become a new creation, that's a given, it's true. We start being a new creation with old thought processes and old habits that still need to be addressed. And sometimes it can feel like, well, am I a new creation or not? No, you are. 
but we need to renew. We need to reboot. We need to switch back on to our new power source. In Romans 7, Paul writes, I don't really understand myself. Stop right there. Anyone else in this boat? I don't really understand myself. Paul goes on. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing the wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. I don't know about you. I'm really comforted by this scripture. I find myself in this spot going, what? You, you know better than that. What, why, would, why would you? And yet I did anyway. This conflict that's in us is so real. And it's real because we are trying to operate on two different power sources. We, see, we've said, hey, Jesus, won't you come into my life? Won't you take the throne of my life? Won't you be boss? Won't you be Lord of my life? And we're happy there for a moment, maybe a bit longer. But sooner or later, and usually under the guise of wanting to be close to Jesus, Jesus is on the throne, but we might just come up and just sit on the arm of the throne. You know, I want to be close to Jesus, me and Jesus right here together. We're good. Just, just the arm. But soon we sort of slide off the arm and we usually don't slide off the arm off the throne. We usually slide from the arm onto the throne. And it ends up that you and Jesus are trying to share this one space, both trying to one cheek the throne of your life. And the bottom line is it doesn't work. You see, where there's one, more than one power source, there is usually overload. And when we're sitting, trying to sit on the throne with Jesus and wanting the power that he brings through the Holy Spirit, but still wanting to retain control ourselves, we often feel overwhelmed and overloaded. The conflict is real. And the way we fix the conflict is get off the throne. Let Jesus have his rightful place. You see, a bad conclusion would be, I tried Christianity and it didn't work. Not true. Christianity works when you let Jesus have the throne of your life. And when Jesus has the throne of your life and you renew everything else in your life, your life will work. It's a constant prayer of mine for God to renew me. God, renew my thoughts. 
you know what, there are times my thinking, it's just not right. God, I need you. Renew my mind. Renew my attitudes. You know, where, where I'm no longer loving like I should be loving. God, renew my attitude. God, renew my priorities. When selfishness comes in, help me identify it and remove it. Help me renew because the world doesn't need more of me. The world needs more of the God that is in me. And it's only when I renew my life with that power source of the Holy Spirit that I will actually be able to do that. Just as a reminder, we're talking today about how we stay switched on and how we not neglect our power source. We start by replacing our old power source. And once it's replaced, we keep renewing that power source by continually adjusting our lives to keep God as our number one priority. The question that comes up then is how? How do you do that? The answer is we refuel. You see, the generator had been running for the day. It had been providing our power and we needed to refuel it with the diesel that it needs to run. Now, this is not a new concept to us. We're all quite familiar with the concept of refueling. Most of us do it with our cars very regularly. And there's always generally two people, two types of people when it comes to refueling. There are those who go from full to half and start looking for a petrol station just to make sure that you've always got enough fuel. Because you don't want to be caught short. You want to make sure that if you have to make a trip in the middle of the night, that you don't have to go to the service station first. And then people would say, well, how often does that have to happen? I said, how often does it have to happen? If it has to happen once, then don't you want to be prepared? Sometimes that falls on deaf ears. Because there's the other type of person when it comes to refueling that actually make a game of refueling. The trip meter is set to range. How many kilometres have I got till empty? And it's a race. We're on. I, I, people, I don't know why, but people, some people just love the red light staring at them on the dashboard. Personally, I don't get it. But ultimately with your car, it doesn't really matter. If you've got a petrol station that's five kilometres away and you've got six kilometres of range, we're good, right? Actually, if it's five kilometres away and you've got six kilometres of range, maybe you get to the shops first before you go to the petrol station. It doesn't really matter. It's a matter of preference. However, I did hear of one of our youth leaders more recently needing a push into a petrol station. But, but let's not name anyone specifically. The problem is when we try and live our spiritual lives like that. You see, there's no doubt that our spiritual lives need refueling. But some people like living with the red light of their spiritual life showing. The problem is, is that unlike your car, with your spiritual life, it's harder to plan the trip. 
You don't know what's going to come up on any given day. You don't know where the attack is going to come from. And so my advice, when it comes to making sure that we are spiritually refueled, let's make sure that the tank is full or as full as we can make it. How do we do that? You know what? Let's look at Jesus for the example. As I've been reading through Scripture, I've actually been surprised in the Gospels by the number of times where it says, whilst Jesus was praying, the disciples came up. You see, for Jesus, prayer was a huge part of his spiritual refueling. And it's the same for us. You know, Jesus went to the synagogue. In our context, that's church. The temple was in Jerusalem. The synagogues were outside of Jerusalem. It was their church. In Luke 14, 16, it says, When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath. If you want more power in your life, look at your usual you see, Jesus went to the synagogue as was usual, which meant he was able to refuel himself spiritually frequently. And just think about that for a moment. This is Jesus going to church. Why? Why? It's not like he's going to hear better teaching than he can give. Right? It's not like he's going to experience better worship than he's experienced before in heaven. But Jesus has done it as a model for us because there's something powerful when we gather together as the church and we refuel together as the church. Jesus didn't go to church for himself. Jesus went to church for others and helping them on their journey as well. How else did Jesus refuel? Jesus knew Scripture. When Jesus was tempted in the desert by the devil, he replied with Scripture. When Jesus was dealing with the Pharisees, he replied with Scripture. And in actual fact... Jesus fulfilled Scripture. See, in John 19, verse 28, Jesus is on the cross, and John records to fulfill Scripture, Jesus asked for a drink. He knew his Scripture. It was a source of his strength, and it's a source of ours too. Jesus acted almost sounds contradictory that he refueled by giving out. In John chapter 4, we have the story of Jesus traveling through Samaria. It's a long journey. He got to a well. Scripture says he was tired. The disciples went into town to get food. And Jesus has this amazing interaction with a woman at the well, revealing himself to be the holder of living water. The disciples came back. They were ticked. 
First of all, that Jesus was even having this conversation without them. But secondly, they offered Jesus the food and he said, no, I don't need it. And then that actually started an argument amongst the disciples. What do you mean he doesn't need it? He was hungry just before. We just went and got him food. Did we not have to go and get food? How come? Where did, where did he get his food from? And Jesus answered their argument. He says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God and from finishing his work. Jesus was refueled by doing the work that God had called him to do. And that's all well and good. And we can do that. And we can do all of these things and it ends up like a shopping list. Have I been to church today? Yes, you have. Tick. Have you prayed today? Yes, you have. Tick. Have I read my scripture today? Yes. Tick. Have I acted today? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'll go buy some, someone a coffee in the cafe afterwards. Tick. Now that I've ticked all these things, God bless me. But that wasn't the way Jesus operated. You see, it's almost going to sound wrong. But we can't just do what Jesus did. We've got to do what Jesus did with the heart that Jesus did it. You see, Jesus prayed not to tick the box, but to get God's heart on the matter. Jesus read scripture to make sure that he had God's heart done. He went to church receiving God's heart. And it's out of the heart of God himself that he was able to act. At its core, Christianity is about having a relationship with Jesus. You see, we go to God. We go to Jesus. And we say, God, give me your agenda. Because when we operate from his agenda then we will have all the fuel that we need to fulfill that agenda. When we go to God with our agenda, there will never be enough fuel for what we're called to do. For us to stay switched on and not neglect our power source, we need to refuel, but we need to be running God's agenda. The final thing, that we had to do when we brought the generator in was we had to rely on it. The generator was wired up. The generator was switched on. We checked to make sure that everything was okay. Load was good. Let it run. Let it run. Rely on the generator to provide the power that we need. We weren't running out there every five minutes trying to check to make sure if the mains power was back on. No. Rely on it. Let it go. In actual fact, we relied on it longer than we needed to. You see, the power came back on, the mains power came back on at five o'clock in the afternoon. And we could have switched over to the mains power. But by then, we already had people in our building. We already had rehearsals going. We already had other meetings happening. And it wasn't convenient for us to switch the power source back. And so we continued to rely 
on the generator. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. For many of us, we would say, hey, that's obvious. Of course, of course we do that. You know what? I think we say it quicker than we do it. Do you know how I know that? Because if we got this piece right, if we truly relied on God, that renewal process that we spoke about earlier would be so much easier. The problem is, is that we have our own opinions and our own agendas and we don't completely rely on what God says. Years ago, 20 plus years ago, Kathy and I were engaged. I'd just finished studying. I was about to apply for my first job as a teacher. Kathy and I sat down and we said, okay, cool. In our understanding, how about we pray that God will open a door, any school, any school within three hours drive of Adelaide. That'd be good. I can come back on weekends. We were going to get married at the end of the year. Makes sense to us. Guess what God did? God 100% answered my prayer. God 100% was really specific in answering my prayer. He got me a job in Port Augusta. Exactly three hour drive away. I learned a couple of things. I should have said two. <laughs> should have put my faith out a little bit more. But right there we had a choice. Do I take the job? Or do I change my mind and go back to God and say, now give me something different. Are you going to rely on what God opens up for you? Because when we rely on what he says, so much of that inner conflict falls away. Let's believe, let's trust in God. In conclusion today, God calls us to live beyond ourselves. He calls us to fulfill a task that is beyond our natural abilities and our skills. But he doesn't just tap us on the back and say, ha, ah, good luck with that, like SA Power Networks did. He puts his arms around us and says, hey, that job that you've got, it's too hard for you. But there is a power source available to you that you can fulfill that job with. You see, it then becomes our responsibility to stay switched on. It becomes our responsibility to not neglect that power source of the Holy Spirit himself. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.